going on, guys? Welcome to Serendipity Podcast Season 2, Episode 5. Want to talk to him about what we're going to discuss today, Oak? Yes, sir, young blood. We're going to get into the power of consistency and talk about the divinity of having a moral benefit. Yes, sir. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Serendipity with Inky Johnson, as well as across all podcast platforms. Be sure to follow, like, share, subscribe, and comment. Hope you guys enjoy the show. Peace. Peace. What's going on, guys? Welcome to Serendipity Podcast Season 2, Episode 5. I'm Ink. I'm Oak. How you feeling? Man, by doing any better, I had to go to heaven. Yes, sir. I promise you. Everything's everything in this moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, just uh, just enjoying the life, man. Enjoying the weather. Yeah. October weather, you know, fall weather. Enjoying my braids. Yeah. The braids, man. The braids gave it up last night, but hopefully we get it done. But um, I want to read something to you, Oak, that I came across, man. And uh, I want to get your thoughts on it. It's a quote card from the store Sugar Boo and Company. It reads, Normal day, let me be aware of the treasure you are. Let me learn from you, love you, bless you before we depart. Let me not pass you by in quest of some rare and perfect tomorrow. Let me not pass you by in quest of some rare and perfect tomorrow. Uh, two le- two things I think come to mind. Man. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, the old, old folks would say, I ain't sleep with you last night. You can speak. <laughs> You know, <laughs> and say, I ain't sleep with you last I ain't night. Sleep you with can you speak. Last night. You can speak. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, you had to be from that of, of yeah. that era to know what that really means. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> but what you know, or or they'll say, he she ain't even speak to me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think what what they're getting at is you're going to acknowledge my existence. Mm. So don't pass me by. Yeah. Like there's old folk got a song. One of them songs we used to sing back in the in in the church house. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Lord, pass me, do not pass me by, mm-hmm. right? So the acknowledgement of another existence is yes, the, the first thing that comes to mind. Like when you just you see people, you meet people, like you speak. Absolutely. You know, we have our different ways of speaking. As, as Steve Harvey does a skit about it, you know, we'll be like. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah, you know what's up? Watch out, that yeah, yeah. whatever. You know, what I'm <laughs> yeah, saying? but yeah. all of that speaks to yeah. acknowledging the existence and validating the existence of someone else. Absolutely, you know what I'm saying. Absolutely, so that is vitally important. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, read read that last part again. I love I love that part, man. When he said, "Let me not pass you by in quest of some rare, imperfect tomorrow." There is nothing better, nothing more perfect, nothing more divine. Than you right here, right now. In the present. Yes, sir. Yeah. That's all we got. And it took it took me a while to understand and learn that. And I wouldn't even say that I, I even have it all the way right now. Mm-hmm. But just understanding like, hey, man, the present is all you got. Right? Yeah. Like, you're trying to pass the moment by. You don't appreciate the moment. You don't appreciate the people that's in the moment with you for some rare and perfect tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like oftentimes I, I would always say to cats like, man, who promised you five years from now? <laughs> yeah. like, who promised you 10 years from now? Who promised you next year? Right? Because oftentimes when people speak about stuff, man, I'm going to do this in a year. 
gonna do this in two years, I'm gonna do this in eight months, six months. I'm like, who promised you that? Like, who you talk to? Exactly. Who you know? Like, who told you <laughs> you gonna even be here? Not trying yeah. to say you not, but who promised you that? To where like, you can put off right now. Right. And not appreciate right now the present, yeah. right? Yeah. And so every single day, man, that's a constant, both struggle and I would say um, quest for, you know, I would say inspiration, if the word is is that. But the constant struggle of trying to be present in the moment and appreciating the moment, whatever the moment brings, mm -hmm. whether it be good or if the word is bad, mm -hmm. if I describe something that way, but whatever the moment brings, can I be grateful for this moment yeah. right now, realizing that this moment is all I got, right? Yeah. Tomorrow is not perfect. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow is going to be what it's going to be, right? And so appreciating the day. That's yeah. all we got. Be where your feet are. Yeah, I love that, man. I love when you say that. Be yeah. where your feet are. Wherever your feet, wherever you put them down, that's where you want to be, totally, wholly, and completely. Be yes, where sir. your feet are. I got right? you. Um, I got you. So I said, like, the, just the validation of people, man. Yeah. I had this, it's just a thought that came to me last night, actually, right? Mm-hmm. What makes a relationship joyous? What type of relationship and are we it speaking don't matter. Like, when I get to see Inky Jones, I get to sit with Inky Jones, it brings me joy. My dog. Right. Absolutely. I get to sit with like Carl Sled, Balsamer. Brings me joy. Reggie yeah. Huff, Tavares Hope, just joy. Mm -hmm. Right? Cassie, we... Me and, me and Bessemer don't set horses on Alabama and Georgia. Yeah. Me and you don't set horses on Tennessee and Georgia. Yeah. But we ain't never argue about it. Yeah. We ain't no, don't fall out about it. Yeah. Much respect because, you know, I respect you, you respect me. So, but then you got some folks mm -hmm. that's in your life and, and, and well-meaning and make you, makes you better. Yes, sir. Right? But you see them coming, you want to turn the corner. Like, yeah. oh man, I got to deal with him today. I got to deal with him today. I don't feel like it, right? So you got like like when you playing ball, you got some coaches, you know what they're gonna bring. It's gonna make you better. Absolutely. But in that moment, you don't want to hear that. Nah. Right. Uh. But then there are some people. Every time you see them, you just over overjoyed, excited. Mm -hmm. Like what makes a relationship joyous? I don't have the answer, right? Yeah. I'm just showing, sharing my thoughts right now, man. That's mm -hmm. all. Like I, I just wanted to put that out there, and anybody out there in the in the uh, what that the Twitter world and the Instagram, Instagram, world, yeah, social the, media, the ground, that's what they call the ground, the ground, the ground, the ground IG, IG, that's okay. what they call it. Anyway, anybody out there, you know, I, I'm open. I would love to know, mm -hmm. like, what makes a relationship joyous? Like, yeah. are there people in your life that when when y'all get together, there's never an argument, mm -hmm. there's never a point of contention, yeah. Right mm -hmm. now, you may disagree, but there's no competition. We're not right. competing with each other. I just genuinely enjoy being around this person. I think there's something to that. I don't know if you can create it mm -hmm. or recreate it. I don't know what that is, but that's just a thought that came to me um, last night when uh, just trying to just reflecting on those people in my life that uh, in this moment, man, I'm I'm good. Yeah, you know. No doubt. And the reasons I feel like that I'm good and being around those people who pour into me, feed into me, all that positive energy, you know, so I love it. No, that's, I love it. That's strong, man. And like you said, I don't I don't know the answer either, right? I think it's power in that, right? Just acknowledging that a person doesn't know the answer, right? 
And when you share your perspective, that's what it is, perspective. And so what I think oh, oftentimes, man, like when you're around people that feed you, mm-hmm. right? Like my uncle used to tell me this when I was younger. And he, you know, he didn't make it to high school. Been working for years. Have done really well, right? My uncle Jake, great man, yeah, right? Yeah. Great man, solid. But I remember when I was a teenager, I remember he said something and, you know, when he said it, I was like, huh? He was like, ain't you got to be around people, man. You get naked with. And I was like, huh? Yeah. Yes. He was like, nah, you ain't hear me. You ain't hear me. Mm He was like, you got to get around people you can be naked with. He teaching. He teaching. And I was like, what you mean? And he was like, oftentimes we got people in our lives that we can share goals, dreams, aspirations, accomplishments with. Right? Like, man, I just did this for my mama. Mm -hmm. Did this for my brother. Right. Man, I just made a million dollars. Man, I just did this. Cool. Great. Beautiful. Brilliant. Awesome. Right? But do you have people on the flip side of the coin or those same people that you can share failures, that you can share low points, that you can say, hey, man, me and my spouse going through it, bro. Can you pray for us? Do you got people that when you're struggling, you can call and be? Naked, Naked, transparent, vulnerable with, because when you got those type of people around you, I think it makes for the space and place to just be you, be real and know that you got people in your corner that loves you for you, Mm -hmm. that care about you for you, that no matter where you fall, no matter where you find yourself in this universe, on this planet, you know, you got some cats with you that's going to ride for you, that care about you as a person. And I think that's what you're speaking of when you speak to what you just asked, just being around people, man, that you know, gonna ride with you, good, bad, and indifferent. Mm-hmm. They love you for who you are, and they ain't trying to change you. I got you. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm gonna keep on it. I'm gonna keep yeah. keep toiling on that concept of uh, just a joyous relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, but we'll see. What's on your heart, man? Where yeah. we getting at the people with today? What man, you know, like I read a quote by Denzel. Oh, like. It was strong, man. Strong. It's first, off, first off, first yeah. off, first off. Yeah. You know how strong, you know how powerful, how much of a celebrity you are when you can just call somebody by their first name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> everybody that listening to Mr. Washington, Denzel Washington. Everybody that's listening to us, they Training know day, you. Denzel, you know what I'm saying? Can't call, they ain't, ain't got nothing on me, Denzel. Yeah. Yeah, but when you can call somebody yeah. first name and everybody know what you're talking you know, about. Hey, I mean, you know, that's how we talk around the way, man, yeah. you know. But uh, the quote said, like, we know you got the talent and the skill set skill set to succeed, yeah. right? Oftentimes a person has talent, skill set, ability to succeed. Mm-hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. But do you have the guts to fail, mm. right? Mm-hmm. You got the talent, the skill set, and the ability to succeed. That's great. That's beautiful. You're brilliant. You're incredible, but do you have the guts to fail? That's right? that's 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 powerful in in the sense of I I struggle with that. Absolutely, me right? as well. Yeah, because you know I I I get into and 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 kind of gravitate to from an athletic standpoint. Everything is at, I see life through at, uh, athletics mm-hmm. to um. This notion, as I always say, like, I really believe Steph Curry don't care whether he makes the shot or not. Right. Because it's like that, it, the guts to to fail. Yeah. You know, is is MJ saying, you know, I've taken 
a thousand shots, over a thousand or ten thousand shots, whatever the quote is, and missed them and this, that, and the other, and that's why I succeed. Mm-hmm. It's that willingness to just put it on the line, that willingness to be vulnerable, that willingness to be transparent, and let the results be what they are. Absolutely. That takes a, a level of courage that uh, that I don't know if we teach it enough. I don't know if we we instill in the young people enough that, like in in the classroom, you know, in my field of of teaching and education, it's like, hey man, what's three plus five? Right. Cat might say, eleven. Yeah. That's right. That's my response. That's right. Mm-hmm. Tell me how you got it. And. I don't know. They may be able to come up with the way in which they got three and five to be 11. Then I'm going to come up with the way in which I get three and five to be eight. Right. We chop it up. Woo, woo, woo. And, you know, oh, okay, I see what you're saying, Mr. Mitch. I see what you're saying, Coach. See what you're saying, Oak. Then we get to be eight. But having that courage to just step out there in the classroom, like creating a positive classroom environment. Mm-hmm. So creating a positive relationship environment. Right. That's what we're talking about, right? Absolutely. So when you have those relationships where it's a positive uh relationship environment, then yeah, I, I think you're gonna you're gonna be um uh, attracted to those relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And there has to be a certain willingness there, right? And when I say willingness there, willingness to locate your ego, mm-hmm. willingness to accept whatever the other person is putting down, right? Without feeling offended. Man. Without diminishing, yeah. Without yeah. saying, "Nah, you." Like my wife taught me this right early on in our relationship, right? She always teaches something to me, right? She bring something to me. Oh, you need to uh, look at this this way or do this this way. I'm like, yeah, but you need to. She be like, uh, 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 uh. This moment ain't about me right now. Thank you. It's ain't right. Teach Allison. Hey, look, this Teach. moment ain't about me right now. I'll be over there like, mm, mm. Uh-huh. I don't like the way this feel, but she right. Yeah. This moment ain't about me right now, right? But it's taught me so much mm-hmm. from my communication with my children, from my communication with people, from my communication and leadership with my staff, right? Learning how to deal with people and letting the moment be the moment. Right. Right? Letting their perspective be their perspective. Letting their truth be their truth. Without always coming back and playing ping pong with mm-hmm. whatever their answer is. Yeah. Right? Got it. That's how you see it. That's your perspective. Cool. We're going to let it be. We might learn from it. Might try to interject. Might try to build on it. But there has to be a willingness, right, to say, all right, cool. I see how you see it. I'm willing to accept that even if I'm not feeling it. One, <laughs> you, you, you're on point. Allison's on point, I think. Yes, I sir. can't say, you know. That's that's one of those I think not one of those is mm-hmm. you know, um, because at in any situation, yes sir, the human for whatever reason I don't know why, but if you can do one thing first and foremost, you almost can avoid conflict, you almost can avoid tension, contention. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can validate somebody else's existence. Yeah. Because when she said, it ain't about me right now. Yeah. You took that and made it. And when you were able to hear what she was saying, what you need to do, 
you were validating her thought. You were validating where she was. You were validating her perspective. Mm-hmm. See, we can go back and forth and what that offers on the surface, but underneath the surface, it, it comes up as he doesn't hear me. Mm-hmm. He doesn't value me. Yeah. He doesn't see me. Absolutely. And I've heard that so many times in my life. Yeah. In relationships, you don't see me. Mm-hmm. And I'm in my head, I'm like, I'm looking right at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I'm I'm literally trying to walk and pick up what you put in there, like walk in your footsteps, like do what it is you're asking me to do, yeah. but you don't see me. Meaning I'm not validating you because I'm not receiving you. Mm-hmm. So in those moments, she said, just receive it, man. Yeah. So when you're having a conversation with folks, whether you agree or disagree, is it relevant? Right. Yeah. We're not here to have no tongue wrestle contest. Is it relevant? Is it relevant? That's right. Good. All of that is that because in the moment, the moment is the moment, which is the validation that a person is seeking. Mm, Got gotcha. you. Once you do that, they'll they'll walk with you wherever you want to go because they already love you. Right. They already admire you. They already made the decision to be with you. Right. Now the only part you got to play is just validate them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just val- validate their 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 existence. Validate their experience. Validate their feelings. Validate their thoughts. Validate who they are as a person. Yeah. Right. But that goes back to, you know, this whole notion of archies and isms. Um, for men, it's, it's very tough mm-hmm. for us to to naturally validate women. Yeah. We ain't taught that. Yeah. So for you to do it, for you to press I'm on trying, it. Trying, baby. Trying. That's up. Yeah. That's up. I, uh, I got a question for you, Oak. That I think as people we deal with and um everybody deals with it different. How do you deal with rejection? Hmm. Um which oak you want to answer that? My best self oak or my less than best self oak? Both. I think both are necessary. Um my less than best self oak will try to change the narrative. To make myself look at least presentable, right? When I'm rejected or didn't get nece- didn't necessarily get what I I wanted or I desired, I will uh, almost not almost very arrogantly mm-hmm. make it uh, a a dim issue, make it a situation where they will s- make it seem like they were less than. You're not seeing it. You're not getting my point. You're not paying me a, any attention. You don't understand me. Yeah. Right, because you rejected this greatness that I am. <laughs> Some foolery to put that you in. Rejected. <laughs> you rejected this right. Greatness, you get man. mad about that bit, you yeah. know? Where, come on, man. No doubt, no doubt. Um, for those that don't don't know, that is tongue in cheek because I really uh, don't yeah, believe uh, that. Uh, about yeah, myself. No doubt, I know. But I'm saying, in the, but in those moments when you really get tied to something, right? You know, I. I but I tell folks in a minute, I, I'm just married. I, I ain't married to nothing, yeah. but to me, Kemp Mitchell. Yeah. That's no it. Doubt. No doubt. You know, everything else we can we can rock with it. We can roll with it. So when I'm rejected, my less than best self. Mm-hmm. I try to make it right, try to come up with some reasons, excuses, this, that, and other. When I reject it as my best self, it is 
Appreciate you, God. Thank you. I'm grateful. Mm. I'm grateful for that. I don't know what's on the backside of that door, but I know it's something that is going to press me to be better, going to make me um, closer to you. Yes, sir. That's going to increase and enhance whoever I am in this moment. So I'm grateful. So my best self in rejection is like, yeah, it's needed. Yeah. Needed for me to be to be better, right? Yeah. You know, so, you know, it, it's not, it's almost like a loss, as they say, it's not a loss, it's a lesson. lesson. Yeah. But you, there's a there's a place that you, your feet have to be, your mind have to be for you to see it that way. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Rejection, man. Um, what about for you? Rejection has taught me a lot of lessons and rejection, like, changed my whole business structure. The way I operate in terms of of my business. And what I mean by that, it changed my business structure, but it helped me as a man. And so early on in my career, when I started speaking and I said, all right, I'm gonna do this. Like for real, for real, I'm gonna lock in. Let's go, God, let's mm-hmm. do it, right? And I was so eager, right? I was so like, man, I can't wait. Like it's on, let's go. I found purpose, I found fulfillment. I can't wait to share it. Can't wait to get inside a room, man, and share this. Like, I'm ready, right? And so whenever I would have conference calls early on, whenever I would get on the phone with a company, talk to them early on, you know, about a potential engagement, mm-hmm. I would be so eager and so excited to share that I very seldom ask them, hey, what is it that you all want? Right. What is it that you all are looking for? Right? Have you seen something that I've presented on that, you like and you think will fit your company, your organization well. And so when we would get on the phone, hey, Inc., you know, man, pleasure to be on the phone with you. We love what you do. You know, very interested. I'm like, oh, let's go. Hey, this is what I'm going to talk about. I can't wait, man. Like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to say this. I'm going to do this. They ain't even asked the question yet. <laughs> I'm just so eager, so ready, so wet behind the ears, right, that I'm just sharing. They'll be like, okay, all right, cool. Yeah, sound good. Right, we'll get back with you, right? Mm-hmm. And they would follow up and be like, well, no, that wasn't really what we was looking for or the angle we wanted to take it, right? Basically rejecting mm-hmm. what I felt I had to offer. Yeah. And I'm like, man, but I'm trying to get every gig, oh, right. everybody that right. call, everybody that email, early 20s, Inc., when I first came out the gate, I'm trying to speak everywhere. <laughs> everybody that gave me an opportunity. And so it happened enough to the point to where I felt as if I heard God. Mm-hmm. It happened that much that I heard God say, hey, man, you ain't got to ain't gotta speak for everybody in every engagement. Everything is not for you. Yeah. Yes, sir. Every engagement, every opportunity is not for you. You don't have to be in every space and place. You don't have to speak to everybody that call you. You don't have to accept every engagement. Mm-hmm. Right? You don't have to. And it got to a certain point to where I started to accept the calls differently, right? I started to ask different questions because of rejection. Yeah. And oftentimes God will present me with a better opportunity, more suitable for my needs. Is that is that what we call serendipity? That's serendipity. For real? Every oh, sense okay. of the word. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but through rejection, right? Yeah, yeah. And I got it and it changed my, my whole business structure, man. But it made me... It made me realize, oh, because I go throughout life, I say to people all the time, man, you're going to get what's coming to you. 
You're going to get what's for you, man. You don't have to want what anybody else has. Right. You don't have to envy it, be mad about it, wish for it. What God got for you, you're going to get it. Now, you might can prolong it, trying to orchestrate and control the situation and the narrative on your own. Mm-hmm. But I feel as if what's destined for me, the creator going to give it to me. But rejection may be a part of that. And I was just saying, listen, right? Yes, sir. I halfway listened to myself. I all the way listened to you. <laughs> yeah, right. And we keep talking about this God and universe and, yeah. and creator. Oh, what, what are we? Who? What is that? Yeah. Like, how does that? Why does that resonate with you? How does? Mm-hmm. Why do you think it resonate with me? It's just our conversation, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We we reference the Bible from time to time. Mm-hmm. Whatever. That very little religion. Yeah. But why does spirit why does spirit resonate with you so much, bro? I think that's what um that's what I'm led by. It's as a man, right? Like I feel like my my life is is led by my faith. Mm-hmm. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. And so my beliefs, my thoughts, my goals, my dreams, my aspirations, what's behind that is led by faith. It's being driven by that. My belief in the creator, my belief and a higher power, right? What woke me mm-hmm. up this morning? My life, my existence, right? Every facet of it, every aspect of it, I feel is being led by my belief and my creator. Got it. What about you? Um, man, I, I, my spirit is where I met God. Yeah. You know, that's why I was introduced to God, like I said in the first season, you know, through my grandma. Mm-hmm. Um, Everything, like, you know, a couple weeks ago you were saying, like, with people everything is transactional. Right. Right? In terms of your relationship, or you're doing things for because it's transactional. And for me, everything is spiritual. Mm-hmm. Like, if it, if it feels right, I'm going to do it. If it doesn't feel right, I may still do it or not, but I'm in tune with, oh, uh, that, that didn't feel right. I wasn't, I wasn't in a good place. Yeah. It's not going to end up right. Yeah. Like, just... The foundation of who I am and the teachings, the, the, the foundational teachings that I've had um, in growing up in Woodland, Georgia, has always been about the spirit. We come from a spiritual people. Right. You know what I'm saying? We are the children of Africa. Um, so every, every everything, it starts with the spirit, right? And then, you know, whatever religious avenue you want to go down that's your business but right. the seed of it for me that's my thought process is is in spirit I, I was just it just caught my attention that yeah. our dialogue um, is always we're always going to reference God universe creator yeah. whatever yeah you know absolutely um, from from that standpoint let I me let me ask you this man yes sir would you rather know your worth or be worth knowing uh, I'd rather know my worth or be worth knowing. Shh. I would probably, now I'm not going to say one over the other <laughs> because both angles of it, like a double-edged sword, man. What you doing? Huh? I want to obviously, right? I want to obviously know my worth. Right. Mm-hmm. But I also want to be worth knowing. Right. It's like my uncle used to say to me all the time, when it's all said and done, will you have said more than you've done? Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And when I often think about that, I think about... Or done know, more than you said. Or done more than you said, right. right? Are you worth knowing, right? But also knowing your worth, I feel, is something that's extremely important. And when I say knowing your worth, I'm not speaking to it from the standpoint of just money, right? I yeah. feel like that's one aspect of it. But I'm speaking to knowing your worth, like knowing who you are, knowing where you come from, mm-hmm. your lineage, mm-hmm. your history, those that came before you, often thinking about those that have to come behind you. Yeah. And so I think about it from that standpoint, but also being worth knowing, right? I think about it from the legacy standpoint, right? When it's all said and done. And you put in your work, clock stops, you done doing your great work down here, like one day will you be worth knowing? Right. And your great grandkids come along where they still be talking about you and the work you put in and how you treated people. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that's valuable as well. And so it's interconnected for me. I wouldn't put one over the other. I think both are extremely important. What about yourself? Um I just I think about the question from the standpoint of um it says it says, Would you rather know your worth or be worth knowing? Mm-hmm. And for me, that's the trap that we fall into, and the trap is binary, binary culture, yep. right? The either or culture, the one or the other, right? Right. So I'm throwing that out there, but in essence, we really are people who who come from a tradition and a belief system that is always an and, not an or. Yeah. Like yeah, being know your worth and be yeah. worth knowing, right. right? And in terms of the order, because we are a cyclical people, mm-hmm. we are people who believe that uh, life is about a cycle and not a line, right. that one doesn't come before the other. It's just where you are on the continuum. So when you hit it on the head, I think, know your worth, know where you come from, right? right? Be worth knowing, setting the legacy. Absolutely. Right. So... It's, it's actually both of them. And, and that leads me to this notion of writing narratives, creating narratives. Mm-hmm. You know, in one of our previous episodes, I was asking you, like, who is Inky Johnson? Who is right. Chad? Right. I, mean, I want to know who Chad is. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> why, yeah. why you get tickled? Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, why did you turn over your yeah. tickle bop, man? Oh, man. You know what? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. So that that's... It's, it's like you always, I want you and I want us to always be cognizant of writing and creating our narrative, mm-hmm. right? So then when the question get asked, really understanding wh- what is being asked of me. Because if I answer that question, would I rather know my worth or and put one over the other, mm-hmm. then I'm falling, I'm falling into this system of paganonymous. I'm falling into this system of binary. So paganonymous, run that back. I don't know what it means. I just heard Beat Rule said it. Yeah, just sounds good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I bet you before this podcast, yeah. so somebody yeah, somebody somebody go, yeah, I got yeah, you. So. This pagan society. This but anyway. pagan society. Yeah. What uh what what I'm really getting at is being in control of your narrative. Right. So no, there's no or know my worth or um be worth knowing. It is and. Mm. Like when somebody asks me. Whatever, you rather do this or that. And I think about it, I'm going to do both of them. I'm going to do all of them, right? And then it's up to me in terms of how I put them in the categories and put them in their perspective. Gotcha. Then we're good. 
You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because now it becomes mine. I can own it. Can own it. Right? Nick Saban does all the time. He called bridging the question. Yeah. He ain't been answering no question. Nobody. Yeah. He goes up with an agenda, mm-hmm. and he speaks his agenda. Absolutely. Regardless of what question you ask. Belichick right? as well. Belichick does it. Curve is starting to do it. That's, yeah. that's, that's that power. That's that control in terms of controlling your narrative. Mm-hmm. Right? I always believe everybody should be able to speak and write. Yeah. You speak and write yourself into existence. So that's it. Yeah. Just write, just writing and, and, and speaking ourselves into existence. Um, I, love, I love that, though, about controlling the narrative. I was speaking yesterday, and um, Kat asked me, basically, why didn't you fold mm. when your injury happened? Like, why didn't you just fold? Why didn't you just quit, right? And I said, because I can control how I respond to it. Now, that sounds cliche, right? To a person, you hear the quote, life is 90%, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That whole quote, life is 90% what happens, 10% however it goes, right? Uh, uh, 10%, you know what, what I'm saying? What happens to you, 90% yeah. how you respond that, to it. right? Yeah, yeah. Right. And so when he said to me, why didn't you fold? I said, because I can control how I responded to it. And he heard it and he was like, oh, okay, cool. Like the 90, 10%, he referred to that. I was like, cool, but no. Like, I get to dictate how I deal with what I face. Mm-hmm. You, you dig what I'm saying? Like, I believe that with every fiber of my being. What I encounter, I get to dictate how yeah. I'm going to deal with it. Right? Mm-hmm. Opposition adverse. It's like a fight to me. Like, if you throw a punch at me, I get to dictate how I'm going to deal with you. Yeah. Right? If you smack me or smack somebody, my, I get to dictate how I'm going to deal with you. If you slap and I punch... You can't say, nah, man, I slap. Nah, man, I get to dictate man, how Kurt, I respond. Kurt Wood you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? But like in terms of the narrative, right? Yeah, yeah. We get to dictate that, right? And own that circumstance, situation. I get to dictate if something happens to me, how I spend that situation and how I deal with it. I get to dictate my narrative, yeah. right? Like right. I ain't going to let opposition and adversity win. I ain't going to let a bad moment win. I ain't going to let uncertainty win. Yeah. Like, you ain't got that much power. You dig what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You a moment, right? Mm-hmm. I ain't going to look at it and blow it up and make it in the macro. Nah, I get to dictate how I deal with this, man. And so when I say to a cat, oh, my arm and my hand is paralyzed, my heart isn't. Yeah. When I say to him, my arm and my hand is paralyzed, my mindset isn't. My spirit, my disposition, my attitude, my dedication, my commitment isn't. Cat will hear it and be like, Oh, man, that's cool. No, it isn't. Right. It didn't penetrate it. It didn't hit me in my soul. It never, like, you looking at it on the surface. Mm -hmm. My spirit and my soul never got penetrated because I control this narrative, man. Yeah. Like, break your plexus, paralyzed right on my hand. That ain't about to win. The doctor asked my mom a question in the hospital. She was like, they was like, man, is it over for your son? My mom was like, no, it's just the beginning. It's like one bad chapter don't define no book. She's like, you don't know my guy. It's just the beginning. What she was basically saying to him, like, nah, bro, we we finna control this narrative. And so when when cats hear you say speaking right and controlling the narrative, I think oftentimes cat might think about it from a liter- literacy standpoint. Mm-hmm. That's great and that's cool. But we're talking about from a life standpoint as well. Every single day you get up and the things you encounter and the things that happen to you, Understanding that you dictate how you respond and how you use it. Yes, sir. You know yes, what I'm sir. saying? Yes, sir. For sure, man. So, 
I'm gonna just hit you with one more and then we can we can move on. Yes, sir. Would you rather be consistent or exceptional? Consistent or exceptional? Oh man. If I'm consistent, I give myself the opportunity to be exceptional. I feel as if it's a lot of exceptional people that are not consistent. And so okay. their talent and their skill set has extended them to a place that their character can't sustain them. Mm-hmm. But they're exceptional. Yes. In yes. spurts, in moments. Right? Say, say that one more time yeah. about your character. Yeah. In your <laughs> yeah. No, it's, I believe there are a lot of like exceptional people that talent and skill set ascends them to a place that their character can't sustain them. And say, so, say more. Yeah. Please say and more. so so we see people oh, that are exceptional in spots and spurts. You see it show up and you like, man, that cat just did that. And then they go back to falling by the wayside. Mm-hmm. And you like, man, bro, you got, like, you see what you just did? You trying to make a cat see what they, oh, you see what you just yep. did? Oh, sweetheart, you see what you just did? Mm-hmm. You see what you just did, love? And they like, nah. But when you got a cat that's consistent, that shows up, even if they're not as talented, I'll take consistency over an exceptional cat every day of the week. Mm-hmm. Because I know if you're consistent, you're giving yourself the opportunity to be exceptional. If you're exceptional, I don't know what type of character is coming behind that. You probably just been blessed with it. The gift, yep. you're exceptional. But if you got consistency, I know just by the consistency that you got a certain level of character because mm-hmm. you're willing to be consistent at something, right? And uh, I, I'm, I'm going to push back just a little bit on that consistency. All right. From what we've been taught consistency is. Okay. Talk to me. I think most of us believe um, consistency is doing something over a period of time. Day in and day out, right? Right. Um, I call that repetition. Gotcha. Consistency is doing something over a period of time that pushes you outside your comfort zone. Mm. Yes. Such that you're continuously growing. Like, if someone say, um, if I was pressed, you got three months, wake up before 6 o'clock every day. Mm -hmm. I, I do that, right? Right. I, I just repeated what I did because it's nothing for me to wake up before six o'clock. Yeah. Now, wake up before four o'clock and be out the door by five mm-hmm. and running on somebody's track every day for three months. Yeah. And I do that. That's consistency. And that's going to be the place where I meet a better version of myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that is where I'm saying, for me, consistency, then that breeds excellence. Yeah. That breeds being exceptional. Absolutely. Right. Just yeah. doing something because, you know, over a period of time, mm-hmm. it's cool. But if it doesn't push you out your comfort zone, you really haven't done anything. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's why I say if you put your feet on the floor every day, because some days you're not going to want to. Some days you just you had a bad yesterday and it carries over to the next day. Mm-hmm. And you just want to roll over in the bed and not put your feet on the floor. But if you're able to do that when you don't want to, when it doesn't feel good when you're able to push outside of your comfort zones, then we're being consistent. Yeah. Yeah. Consistent yeah. with character. Right. Because that's 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 what being consistent is supposed to bring. It's Absolutely. supposed to bring out your character. Absolutely. 
Like, if I'm doing this because I, I'm like Beyonce, I woke up like this, right? <laughs> then yeah. my character is not being pushed. <laughs> right, no doubt. I'm just being exceptional. Right. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and, and what happens, though, the part that always gets me, especially with young people, they see exceptionalism. Mm-hmm. They see Steph Curry shoot the ball. They see LeBron James. They see uh, Lamar Jackson in football or, or the boy at Kansas City. Um, you know, Mahomes. Mahomes. Yeah. Whatever. All of that. You know, exceptional. Yet what they don't see is these cats work. Absolutely. These cats put in this work when even when they don't want to. You're just seeing, you know, the end result of it. Mm-hmm. Right? That's what we think of it uh, in terms of it being exceptional. Mastery is in consistency. Yes, sir. Self-mastery is in consistency. Mm-hmm. You know the number of days I didn't want to come teach y'all. <laughs> now, partly because I'm tired, partly because y'all was some fools. Yeah. But either way, I'm saying any teacher, like a teacher that gets up and, and coming to that thing every day and standing fat, flat-footed and giving it what they got, even that's when they don't want to. That's some work there. Though. Right. That's pushing beyond your comfort zone. That's, that's when you become a master teacher. Yeah. That's when you become a master dot, 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 when you do it when you don't want to. Yeah. I be telling cats, like, in terms of character, I often say, like, character stand true to what you said you would do long after the mood you set it in has left, mm-hmm. right? Because if we only worked on the days and we felt like it, none of us would get much accomplished. Yeah. When we talk character, consistency, fulfillment, and whatever that yields, I think, um, I think the way you broke down consistency, though, I was potent, man, because you don't think about it that way. You do think about consistency as just doing some a certain way every single day and not thinking about it in terms of, well, that's repetition. If you come into the weight room, you're lifting every day, doing the same thing, but you're lifting the same weight. Right. You might not get stronger. Yeah. But if you're pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone in anything you do, right, that's consistency and that's going to yield, you know, a quest and a road and a journey to become better. Yes, sir. I'm with you on that. I'm picking yes, up sir. what you're putting down. Okay. I got you. Uh, this is this question right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this last question. Yep. Um, does your work and due diligence have a moral benefit? How important to is that to you? Does your work and due diligence have a moral benefit? I remember you were talking to me about, again, that Everything is transactional, mm-hmm. and how cats would was starting to hit you with things that might have been financially beneficial. Yes, but it didn't sit right with you. Yes, right, and it wasn't as a, it wasn't a moral benefit. So, um, how important is is having a moral benefit in in your work and your due diligence? Man, that's that's extremely important. Right, because when you think about uh, morals, like I look at it in terms of that's all I got. Mm-hmm. It's my morality, my morals. That's all I got, right? And so when it comes to my work, like I always look at life in terms of like if you could be bought in terms of opportunity, in terms of work, the quote says it, man. You don't stand for something, you fall for anything. Now, if you could say that one more time, because you know I, I need some folks to hear this one here. Yeah. If like you it, can be what now? You could be bought. Like, it's a price on you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because if like, it's a price on you, you might as well be on the plantation, huh? Man, talk about it. Take it there. 
I'm just saying. Take it there, man. I'm just take saying. It there. Like, that's why my take whole thing is freedom, man. Yeah, take it there. My whole, I, my whole thing is freedom, money, none of that. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Yeah. As long as I have the ability to make the choices, I have the self-efficacy. Yeah. Meaning my belief in my ability to succeed. Mm -hmm. Right? As long as I have that, I'm, I think, I, I know I'm winning. Yes, sir. Oak, you know how many, like, agencies have tried to sign me exclusively. Oh, for real? Exclusively, right? That means you can't go talk to nobody else? You know the first thing they say? <laughs> What's that? Oh, you can't go speak to no schools. Now, we gonna make this a year, and we'll even give you this. But schools, we done with those. Young folk, we done. Corporate, we finna light it up. I'm like, I'm not your guy. That, that's right. They like, what's the number? Like, it ain't a number. Fit the little million. I'm like, it ain't a number, <laughs> right? That. They like, but what's the number? I'm like, but why you thinking in terms of with me, it's a number? Right. Why you thinking when I'm like, nah, you thinking you can buy me? Right. You thinking it's a price on my word? You can't buy this. Right? This morale, this my morals, man. It's my values. It's my principles. You don't understand my journey. You don't understand how education changed my life. You don't understand when I was a young man in the Atlanta public school system what educators did for me. And so now you telling me you'll give me a certain amount, but I can't go back to the very ecosystem that changed me? Nah, bro, there ain't no price on that. I'm not your guy. Yeah. What's the price? It ain't a price. So you can sit in your cubicle and you can give somebody else that bread. Because what I'm going to get from the creator is going to be 10 times greater than anything you can ever give to me. Because I'm standing on my morals and my principles through my work. And I remember. But if it wasn't any morals, be like, yeah, what's the, what y'all going to give me? How much you can give me up front? How much we going to make a year? Oh, yeah, I don't need to talk to young folks anyway. I ain't never been one of those. Like, nah, bro. It got to yeah. be morals and principles and values. And what I do, I got to stand for something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's all I got with the journey I've traveled. Right? What about you, man? Man, you don't drop the mic now, bro. I ain't got nothing to say. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> On the for real, man. But, I mean, you know, but the moral benefit simply is, are you doing this? For the contract that you sign with man or the contract you sign with God. Yes, sir. You know, and that's why it takes a whole lot of introspection um, and thought and prayer and meditation and like getting what am I really doing this for? Yeah, man. Who am I doing this for? Yeah, man. Who am I showing appreciation for? Yes, sir. Right? This whole notion of gratitude, everything we're doing. I'm trying to show gratitude to the folks who came before me. Yes, sir. Simply put, and then trying to put down an example for folks that's coming after me. Absolutely. So you sell out, and that's where they get the term sell out from. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. why it's a powerful term. You mm -hmm. sold out, but you're not just selling out for your particular individual interest and benefit. Can't be like, yeah, man, I gotta take care of my family. Mm. Like you're a testimony. You mm. you you're trying to get it. Mm. And you walking on faith like, Allison, this is what I need to do. This yeah. is what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. And you don't have a dime for it. Yeah. And you got and you got a youngin'. Yeah, man. Yeah. 
nothing promised to you, but you were just walking on faith. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. That's the lesson. Those are the lessons that we're teaching that, that young folks are going to have to understand and pick up as, the, as they become older. Mm-hmm. Right? Let me, let me share this too, Oak, right? Because cats have heard this story, but I don't think everybody catch it. But it ties into what we're speaking about. Cats here, when I share that, I went to meet Oprah, mm-hmm. right, with my book. And so when I first moved back to Atlanta, Georgia, moved back, had a couple hundred dollars to my name, moved back in my wife's grandmother's home, two blocks, a couple blocks away from where I grew up. Right. Right. Most confusing time of my life because I couldn't understand how God could take me from Kirkwood, two-bedroom house, 14 people, University of Tennessee, you know what I'm saying, eight games away from a potential draft pick, eating steak and shrimp pregame, get an injury, career ends, and now a few years later, I'm right back in the same neighborhood mm-hmm. with a couple of degrees to my name. Like, I couldn't understand, God, like, why you take me there and bring me right back here? Like, with nothing, essentially, in terms of to my name. Like, I had nothing from the process to show for it. That's right. Right? But a paralyzed right on my hand. Right? And when I finished my book, I went and I said, man, I'm going to go meet Oprah. Getting up every single day seeking employment. Speaking was never part of the plan. Never wanted to do it. Never cared to do it. Right? I was getting up trying to find me a job every single day. Tried to work at the rec center. I'm trying to find jobs in Atlanta public. Like, everywhere. Cats, oh, you overqualified. You can't do this. And I'm like, man, maybe they saying it because my arm paralyzed. Right? Maybe they see a disability. Cool. I'm built for it. All good. Right? For whatever reason, couldn't find a gig. Get up one morning, my wife getting dressed to go teach, right? I'm getting dressed in the same mirror as my wife. I say to my wife, babe, I'm going to meet Oprah. I'm going to give her the book. You know, Allison, like, ain't you no Oprah? I'm like, nah. (laughs) She's like, you know somebody at Harpo Studios? I'm like, nah. He was like, you sure? I'm like, yeah. She was like, go for it. I'm telling you, I got like $250, $300 probably max. Gas money. Gas money, right? In my truck at the time, I had about 300,000 miles on it. I take off, call my boy Jeff, get the Chattanooga Jeff pick up. I say, Jeff, you ain't going to believe it. I'm headed to meet Oprah. <laughs> Jeff like, ain't you know Oprah? I'm like, nah. He like, man, hang up this phone. I know what this is about. Like, you're extremely ambitious, ain't? But chances of that happening slim to none, right? Call me when you get to Knoxville, man. I call him when I get to Knoxville. He pick up. He said, you still going, aren't you? I said, yep. He said, pick me up, man. I'm going to ride with you. We get to Chicago that night. Jeff gets us a room. Get up the next morning. Get directions to Harpo. We get there. This is when our last shows were happening, mm-hmm. right? Get out of the car. Jeff say, Inc., I'm going to go across to this coffee shop. I'm sure this won't be long. I'll be seeing you in a minute, <laughs> right? I got my book. Oh, I'm walking the building, literally. People everywhere. Whenever a door would open, I would run up to her. Hey, man, I'm Inky Johnson. Drove up from Atlanta. I want to give Oprah my book. They like, man, get out of here. We don't do that. <laughs> I'm like, man, I thought y'all be giving away cars, man, on TV. I got a book, man. Right? And so everybody goes in the building. I'm so discouraged. Oh, I sit down, like, on the back of the side of the building, right? And I'm like, man, Allison going, like, like trip on me, man. Like, it's crazy. I get up, I go sit on the sidewalk. Gentleman looks to be homeless, sit down beside me. 
I say to him, man, how you doing? My man said, I'm great. He said, how are you? I said, man, I seen better days. The irony of the situation. My man get up and just bounce. Yeah. I look to the left, coming down the sidewalk, open a security guard. Get up, fix my suit. Got a 2X suit. You know what I'm saying? Ain't nowhere near 2X, right? I'm walking. I'm like, surely she's going to send security up, move me out of the way. I want y'all to catch this, right? We walking. They walking. She stops directly in front of me. Put the book in her hand. I said, I'm Inky Johnson. I drove up from Atlanta. I just wanted to give you my book. She took it. She said, that's nice of you. I said, can I take a picture? She's like, sure, no problem. We take the picture. As we about to take the picture, she shakes my suit. She's like, that's a nice suit. And she's trying to see if I had a gun or a knife or something, right? I said, thank you. We take the picture. She said, I got to get in and do my show. I said, thank you. She goes in. The security guard, as I'm walking off, he said, hey, little man, wait. He said, man, I want to tell you something. I stopped. He said, man, um, I just want you to know what just happened never happens. He said, usually she'll send me up and say, hey, move them out of the way. Tell them to send it here and they'll never get it. He said, I'm not saying you're going to be on a book club show. Not saying any of that. He said, I just want you to know the encounter you just experienced, it never happens. Yeah. I yeah. said, thank you, man. I greatly appreciate it. I walk off. I send the picture out, family, friends, put it up on Facebook, social media. Everybody hit me. Ain't you going to be on the show? <laughs> Boy, you going to be on the open show? You going to be on the book club? I'm like, nah, man. Uh, nah, I don't know. I don't care. It ain't about that. They was like, what you mean? You don't know. You don't care. I said, this moment wasn't about that for me. It was like, well, what was it about? You just met Oprah. I said, man, I needed to know God was still walking with me. Mm. I needed my faith fortified. My faith mm -hmm. had been fractured. Yes, sir. My belief had been fractured. Mm -hmm. My hope had been fractured. And so I wanted to do something so outlandish that I'm like, God, man, I don't know if you still hear me, man. Yeah. Like, you still walking with that seven-year-old kid from the east side of it? You still walking with me? Right? Because the situation and the circumstance don't display the picture that I had in my mind. So I just need to know if you still hear me. So I'm going to leave Atlanta, Georgia. I'm going to leave Kirkwood. And I'm going to go to Chicago. I'm going to drive to Chicago with $250 to my name. You know what I got in my account. And I'm going to try the craziest thing in the world. And God put me front and center and put my book in her hand. Yes, sir. And so when everybody else saw the show... Or the book club thinking I was going to be on it. I was like, God, let's go. I got you. Right? Mm -hmm. To me, that moment was confirmation. That moment was, no, nah, Doc, it's cool. It's one chapter. Right? And so when we talk morals, when we talk values, when we talk principles, I talk faith. Right? You can't put a price on that. We out of here. Yes, sir. Peace, man.